On the Record with Ebony McMorris. Latasha Brown, co-founder of Black Voters Matter. Sis, thank you so much for joining me on the AURN Podcast Network. It's a pleasure to have you. Thank you for having me. Good morning. Good morning. I want to talk about the president's address. Biden's plan for Black America included a lot of things from racial wealth and income gaps, helping to close that inequalities in education, but also strengthening the criminal justice system. And one thing that to me stands as one of the most important things is making the right to vote equal and helping to undo laws that would make the election system, electoral process challenging and hard. How do you feel that the president did in his address to Congress? You know, I think that his actually I thought his address was pretty good. I think that um, when he talked about what he's accomplished in the first hundred days, you know, I, I, I think that he started he started real strong. I think that he's actually been surprising in many ways to um, to the progressive. The part that I do think um, that I actually believe that there should be more attention and focus on is around the voting rights. You know, I think he he addresses it, um, but very lightly, you know, even in his recent trip to Georgia, yes, you know, yes. he gave less than a line or two, you know, on voting rights when that is the biggest fight we have in this state that the same voters that actually put him in office, the same voters that actually delivered to make sure that he, um, had a Congress to govern with, they had a Senate that was a Democratic Senate, those same voters. Georgia. Are, if it right. wasn't for Georgia, if it wasn't for that ground game in Georgia, this would be, we, it would be a different conversation. This would be a different conversation. And so, you know, the, the irony is that I would expect these are the same voters who are now being attacked as other voters across the, across the nation. And so I think that we need to really, I don't believe that we're seeing the same level of intensity um, to make sure that we're fighting these these voting rights bills as we're seeing from the other side in terms of enacting and legislating them. In Florida, yes. um, there was a bad voting rights bill that was passed. And so, you know, I think it's really important, even with, uh, with President Biden, you know, I am glad that he is acknowledging it. I'm glad that he is saying we have to do something about it. You know, but this is also someone who he first went into office in 1970. That's the year I was born. That means that he has a tremendous, and I'm not a young woman. <laughs> that means that he has literally over 50 years of experience as an elected, that he spent the majority of that time as two years later, he was elected to the Senate. So if there's anyone that knows how to pull an arm um, in the U.S. Senate, anyone that should know how to leverage, particularly he's not only been a senator, but he's also been a vice president that understands kind of literally how do you can put pressure to get the, your party to, to, to align around what your interests it should be President Biden. And so I think that we want to see that same kind of um, as we've seen him on other other things in the past, that same kind of tenacity, that same type of commitment, that same kind of strong arm of a political strong arm as it relates to voting rights, that we have to protect the right to vote by which we are all participating in this process or fundamentally what we'll see is how will communities of color be able to actually support 
elected, get elected um, in an office and policy that advances our community. So this is a critical issue. This is beyond partisanship. Literally, what we're talking about is we're talking about the fundamental right to vote. And so I think that should be the key issue on his agenda at this moment. So you so you brought up several things. One, just like you said before, Florida is now joining Georgia and so many other states. Governor Ron DeSantis and, you know, passing these new voting restrictions and limiting from drop boxes to adding more ID requirements. What got me during the address is even when um, Senator Tim Scott had his rebuttal, said that these laws are actually expanding voting rights. When you heard that, what was your reaction you know, my first reaction is I'm so disappointed because uh, uh, Senator Scott just knows better. You know, people can create all kinds of he's 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 a smart man. He knows better. You know, what has become apparent to me is that, quite frankly, his ambition is driving him more than his, than, than having integrity, that that's what is important to him because he knows better coming out of the state of South Carolina. You know, and I think that is really in in genuine. Um, um, you know, I think it, it is disingenuous of him also that as he was talking about this, this, the voting rights expansion, that he conveniently left out the fact that when we're talking about the runoff voting, that literally it has been nine weeks has now been reduced to four weeks. How is that expansion? Right. When we're looking at groups that actually help provide comfort care to voters on in the line by giving water. Um, water and snacks. Now that's been criminalized when he knows primarily that those are organizations that have been helping in districts that primarily what we've seen is above average waiting times. In addition to that, he conveniently left out that the GOP has basically disempowered the secretary of state so that when the secretary of state, who is the duly elected officer that used to be the chair um, of the elections board, now is a non-voting member of the election board. And if they don't like the results upcoming on the county level from um, the county boards, what they can do is actually supersede those results. That's precisely what Trump was asking for in this last election cycle. So this is all predicated on a big lie. And Senator Tim Scott knows that is a deeply, deeply disappointing to see a man who does have um, who is a a smart man, a man that does have, I think, some possibility and some potential, but has completely just sold his soul out aligned with the the Republican agenda um, and is literally standing on a process that he knows disenfranchises um, the African-American community. You know, in addition to Democrats having a Republican issue, they also have a bit of a issue within their own party. And I will start with Democrat Joe Manchin, who has been standing also in the way on the For the People Act from H.R. 1 to S. 1. What do you think Democrats need to do within the party? Oh, I think that this is the moment that is all bets off. I think that that just as uh, voters showed up in record numbers in this last election cycle, and it was difficult for us. I think that's why when you're in a position of leadership, you've got to make some dif- difficult choices. The bottom line is, as I said earlier, I think that President Biden, um, I think Schumer should have enough pressure points, should have enough strategy to put pressure 
challenge your mansion to, to fall in line as well as cinema. Like the, the bottom line is that there are to be a part. You can't get the benefits of being a part of a large majority and then yeah. still and then literally undermine the very thing that actually protects the rights of voters in this country. It doesn't matter whether you were Republican or Democrat. The bottom line is voting rights should not be a partisan issue. It is not a partisan issue. It's a human rights and a civil rights issue. And so if there's anybody that is standing in the party that is not in alignment with protecting the right to vote, then every single tool should be made available around pressuring them to do the right thing or exposing them. And I think that there's ways around that. You know, there for a elected a member of a party to be lukewarm and not support something, that's not new. That's not new to politics, right? That's not new to this political process. What, what we've got to do is we've got to prioritize voting rights in such a way that is almost, it's so uncomfortable for Manchin to stand in that space that he will literally rethink about his position. Because the truth of the matter, he is in the state of West Virginia in many ways in a district that has actually shifted. And in many ways, he operates as a Republican light. But the truth of the matter is, if he is to benefit from the leverage and the power of the Democratic Party, that he also has to make sure that he's standing in line around issues that impact the, the literally that impact voters in this nation. There's another fight going on, too. There is the, the, the federal game, but then there's also this grassroots movement, which is propelled by organizations like yours, like Black Voters Matter. What needs to be that ground game and swell that we see closer as we get to the primaries? I mean, I think there's a couple of things. You know, I say that there's three the, there are fights on three fronts. The first first front is there. There is a fight in the streets that literally we have to take this back to our communities, just like we held the last administration accountable. We're going to have to hold everybody accountable around making sure that we're saying that the, the electors, no matter who they are, they don't get to choose the voters. We get to choose who they are. And so fundamentally, even when you're looking at the Constitution, it says we the people. It doesn't say we the party. And so we actually have to hold folks accountable who stand in the way of democracy. And one of the things the way that I know as an organization we've been able to address that is by holding people accountable. And so we have to literally hold those accountable um, who seek to undermine the process by getting out in the streets, literally making sure that there are consequences um, in the last next election cycle to actually register more voters and mobilize more voters. We actually have to go harder in the paint. The second thing is, I think that there's also a fight in the courtroom that we have that many of these laws that we're seeing, you know, had the Voting Rights Act been in place where it had not been stripped from 2013 in the Shelby versus Holder case, you know, many of the laws that we're seeing right now would not even be a, a thought, right? It wouldn't be a possibility. And so I think it's really important and critical that we restore the Voting Rights Act right now that HR4, which is the John Lewis Voter Advancement Act, will essentially do that. It will actually put teeth back into the Voting Rights Act as well as HR1. So I think in the streets, we have to be organizing around people to put pressure for the immediate passage of HR1 and HR4. The other thing is I think it's really important for us to take this fight to the courtroom, that many of what we're seeing, we've actually filed several lawsuits. There are lost several lawsuits that are filed against these um, vote, bad voting bills, voter suppression bills, because we believe, we know that our rights, our First Amendment, our 14th Amendment rights are being infringed. And so we've got to take it to our, the fight to our communities. 
Mm-hmm. We've got to take the fight to our courtrooms and we've got to take the fight to the coffers. And what does that mean? You know, we launched a corporate accountability campaign. And so the work that we've been doing, um, as well as other groups, particularly in Georgia, Florida and Texas, is to put pressure on corporations to actually call the question, are you supporting voting rights or not? We believe that that's the protection of democracy is a responsibility for all of us. Even on that, within the black community, um, even we see even Stacey Abrams saying companies shouldn't pull out, but should stay and fight. Where are you on that? Yeah, because I think that's a separate issue. I think we're collapsing issues. I think that that's a talking point on the Republicans. The reason why the MLB pulled out was not because of organizers, is because of Republicans made bad legislation, of which and the, and the MLB said they were pulling out. I think that when we're talking about the fight for voting rights, this country has gone to war for democracy. So when we're talking about the question of democracy, we can't let that be clouded and convoluted by those who actually are literally standing in the way of progress. That mm-hmm. literally to stand on the space of voting rights, I think is a responsibility for all of us. And we've seen corporations literally Literally, the question wasn't about calling them out. It was calling them in that. Where are you standing on this process? There were corporations who literally took it seriously that actually are so disturbed that they don't want. And we actually said this. We said this before those bills were passed, that there would be an economic consequence. Of course, we weren't pushing um, where we would want to lose billions, billions of dollars from our uh, from our communities. But the truth of the matter is when you're inflicting um, when you are infringing on the rights of voters, that it is an economic consequence to our community. It means that we actually have less opportunity to participate in policies that impact our community. We have less opportunity to, to literally be able to vote people that align. So there's an economic consequence when people are not able to vote. And so if we're going to talk about that issue, then we've got to talk about it across the board. The truth of the matter is MLB, the, the Major League Baseball did not come to Georgia because of the actions of the Republicans, because of the actions of the governor and this legislation that passed this backwards draconian Jim Crow legislation. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, before we end, tell us about the bus tour that Black Voters Matter has launched. So we are excited about our We Got Power Tour. We are now going to the great state of Texas. We have been actually working in Texas the last over the last month building on working where we say to spread love and build power. And just this last week, there were several elections in San Antonio and other places throughout the state that we're actually there supporting and working with our partners on the ground. And so we have a bus tour that goes throughout these communities where we connect with our partners. We have events where we're educating people about the upcoming elections, that we're actually engaging folks around this question of how do we be a power in our community? And we're building out kind of our relationships, the ecosystem of folks knowing how this voting rights fight is not over. But fundamentally, if we use our power and our leverage that we can win. And so we are going throughout in the blackest bus in America. We've been traveling throughout Texas, spreading love and building power. Wonderful. Thank you so much. Latasha Brown, co-founder of Black Voters Matter. Where can people go to get more information and get involved? So people can go to our we're very active on social media. I'm personally, they can follow me at Ms. M.S. Latasha Brown, L-A-T-O-S-H-A Brown on Twitter, Instagram, all of the social media or Black Voters MTR. So Black Voters MTR, we're very active on social media. You can also go to our website, www.blackvotersmatterfund.org. Thank you so much again for joining us. You are always welcome on this platform, and I hope to bring you back on soon in the future. Thank you. I would love to be on. On the Record, 
a product of American Urban Radio Networks.